RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, students, and entire cities in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. Now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. Hey, my name's Seth, Jim Sidekick and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Jim, we have arrived. Wow. So what's on your mind? Wow. End of 2018. Uh, th- over 360 days. And uh, yes, the uh, finale of uh, 2018. Uh, it is arriving very soon in a few days. Uh, New Year's Eve and uh, preparing for our greatest year ever. What an amazing year. Who's in the zone? Who is in the zone in 2018? And and I'm going to give a blanket uh, award for that. Anybody that got knocked down this year, whether it was in a, a divorce, uh, uh, a financial crisis at your company, uh, an injury, uh, just things didn't work out the, maybe the way that you wanted to, but you got back up immediately. Success is getting back up one more time from defeat. Uh, kudos to you. Uh, you're the 2018 Zone Performers of the Year. There's so many people that have done that. And, um, and then also there's so many people and so many of my clients, all, all of my clients actually this year, uh, which has been really rewarding for me, who had goals for 2018, and you've crushed and crushed these goals. And I, I had one client uh, that hit his goals in August for the entire year. And uh, so it's been really a great year. And has there been a lot of chaos? Yes. Has there been uh, political chaos and social chaos for many people around the world? Yes. But the most important thing, how are you? How are you personally? How are your thoughts? Are they more to the positive as opposed to the negative? Uh, do you wake up every morning with a vision uh, that uh, inspires you to hit the ground running as soon as your feet get out of the bed? And does it tuck you into bed at night? And, and if that is the case, uh, you've had an amazing 2018. Life arenas. We're more than businessmen and women. We're more than athletes. We're brothers. We're sisters. We're sons and daughters. Uh, we have our own personal finance. We have our own well-being, our own spirituality. We have our own friends. Uh, we're more than just one particular thing. Yeah. And, you know, what? that's one of the things to keep in mind here at the very end of the year is when everybody kind of has that conversation about, oh, I'm addicted to my phone. I, you know, can't seem to connect with other people. We know that loneliness is is going up. I can't get into my pants <laughs> because I've gained too much weight. Yeah. All that stuff is what the score system is all about. So, you know, whenever you came in, whenever you found this, and maybe this is episode number one for you, probably because... Somebody told you or you heard something or read something about the number of pro athletes Jim's coached, the number of executives Jim's coached. And so you were thinking, have my greatest year ever in business, in sports. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I love is if I could just kind of magically pop in and check on your clients at about 6.30 p.m., I don't think I'm going to see anybody on Twitter at the dinner table. I, th- I think they're engaged. You know, I don't think I'm going to see anybody uh, who's being coached right now tossing and turning in the middle of the night because they know how to just turn their brain off and go to bed only thinking about what they want uh in a positive way as opposed to going to bed uh, wrestling with uh challenges and worry and anxiety and fear and uh obviously that that's another reason may one of the main reasons 
why we don't get that deep REM state sleep during the night. So you're absolutely right, Seth. And, uh, you know, as we get ready to prepare for uh, our blueprint for the greatest year ever, and that's coming in just a few days, you need to look back and do a major score check for the year. Were you disciplined? Were you committed to the tasks and the routines and the goals that were going to lead to some vision in every one of your arenas? How was your discipline level during the year? And if it fell off in June or if it fell off in August, and uh, what was that big score breaker that took you out of the zone? Was it external or was it internal in terms of your thoughts? And maybe your expectations were too high. Maybe they were too low. How was your self-discipline during the year? And what did you learn about your self-discipline? Do you see any patterns that maybe you had where, yeah, I can focus for 10 days and then, you know, I'm unfocused for 20. You know, what is that discipline uh, pattern and what are those fluctuations? And more importantly, why do they happen and can they be prevented? You know, Jim, if I can just throw something personally in here, if I go back through quarter one, two, three, and four of 2018 for myself, I would actually say that the fourth quarter was my best quarter personally, professionally, all the way across the board. And the funny thing about that is in the fourth quarter, my daughter was born and I was in an accident that hospitalized me, you know, both things and, you know, physical therapy and all that kind of extra stuff that comes along with it. Um, reduced calorie diet. So I don't gain 30 pounds from an injury. So, sure. you know, still doing that. I had egg whites and oatmeal for breakfast. So I, I'm not staring at your pen trying to eat it. I promise. I'm not thinking <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, you know, when I look back, it, it, it's funny that the score system kind of changed my thinking, changed my behavior more than the circumstances could throw things off. And everybody's circumstances are going to look a little different, but those were two pretty big ones. And then then how is your concentration during the year, especially during your primary arena? And I, I want, you know, we have many facets in our lives, but we do have primary arenas, and you can only have one at one given time. That's an aspect of your life that you spend an inordinate amount of time, sometimes money, uh, definitely an inordinate amount of thoughts. It's typically our career, our job, uh, or our sport. Uh, if you're a student athlete, it's probably more the sport than your academics, although uh, that doesn't have to be like that. Or maybe if you're a student, it is your academics of making the dean's list. That's your primary arena. I do know that if uh, a brother is gravely ill, God forbid, all of a sudden that becomes a primary arena where all your thoughts shift to that and everything else is still important. Don't get me wrong. uh, But that brother that's sick, that you need to be there and take care of all the things that need to be taken care of for him, it takes precedent. Uh, Your primary arena, uh, mine changed uh, during 2018. Uh, I have complete shoulder replacement surgery. Well, during that particular moment, my primary arena was super healing so that I could get back and and, and be more uh, uh, useful to society, you know, with, with uh, recovery from an injury. And that's not even something we even mentioned on the show for several months. So people didn't even realize that it had happened. And if you're wondering, well, wait a minute, I didn't think you guys took a break or anything. So you actually still did handle things. It just wasn't your primary arena. So you, you did the you did the show. It just wasn't your primary arena at that point. Uh, I kept it in the background. Uh, you know, I, I have some super healing techniques. We've briefly talked about it throughout the year. And uh, I'd already uh, visualized super healing before I even went into surgery. I, I remember the, the surgery uh, still... Uh, on the table recovering the doctor saying you you know how are you feeling I go I'm ready to go home Uh, and he fought me and I went home and I coached that night on the phone and the next day you and I did a show and uh, it, it this is a mindset you can overcome any type of adversity uh, but you do have a primary uh, arena and again most of it uh, for us it's our career it's our uh, our job. And within that arena, as the rest of the arenas of, of our lives, uh, typically a person will have no more than nine arenas 
from your personal finance to, which is separate, uh, to yourself, which is spiritual in the physical. Again, sibling, friend, vocation. If you have two jobs, well, you have two arenas. Uh, that's fine. You may have three jobs. You'll have three business arenas, all separate and all standalones. But every arena of your life, Seth, needs to have a vision, uh, something that you see in the future of how you'll be. How will I be? And, and that means... Uh, how will I react and how will people react to me after I've reached this uh, new place in my life uh, that I've been striving for? And then what are the goals, the stepping stones that once those are accomplished one by one takes me to that vision? Uh, each arena has its own tasks and each arena typically has a coach and a group of players. How does that work? Well, uh, if you uh, have a job and uh, you're the boss, uh, you're the coach. But maybe you're reporting to someone. So maybe uh, you're the coach in your unit, uh, you're that sub-arena of your uh, vocation, uh, and you're just one of the players on, on the CEO team, the C-suite team. So there's typically a coach, and then there's some participants, active uh, that really make that arena happen. And and if you have a significant other, uh, you can't have a co-coach. That's why I believe that arena really is the most difficult. Uh, I've never seen a co-coach win the NBA or two coaches uh, uh, on the sidelines uh, winning uh, a Super Bowl. So um, that's when uh, you really need to communicate to have a great uh, uh, significant other arena where one coach is in one aspect, the other coach is in the other. And that's a lot of give and take and a lot of communication. Yeah, and Jim, we're going to get into some specific tools here, but if we can just camp out for a moment on goal setting, because that phrase is going to pull up a lot of different mental images for a lot of different people. I look back at how many things in my life didn't have any goals attached to them. So when I think about uh, playing basketball in high school and college, I had one year where we had our stated goals at the beginning of the season. It's amazing. One year. Yeah, that's amazing. And I see that with even pro sports teams. The vision is not to win at all. Yeah. It's it, to get to the playoffs. Yeah. I've seen that over and over and over, and that's pounded. Let's get to the playoffs, and we'll figure out what to do. You know, on the other side of things, if you, I've also seen things go very poorly. I once worked for a company, and I think I might have mentioned this before, 53 goals for the year. Hello. 53, Jim, you're highly intuitive. How many goals do you think got accomplished that year? I, uh, not many. Not zero. You're holding zero. up a goose egg. Zero. Well, I, I mean, sometimes, you know, we take a sheet of paper and start writing down all these goals. And um, uh, some of these are actually tasks. They're not even goals. It's just things to do. That's a to-do list. When I'm thinking of goals, I'm thinking of macro goals. I call them big rocks, things that really move the needle uh, as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock every night. That's a task and that's part of a routine. My goal may be to uh, improve my quality and quantity of sleep that when this year is over, I want to have averaged seven and a half, eight hours of sleep. That is my goal uh, for my self arena. Now, the task would be uh, make sure I set my alarm at 10 p.m. Uh, or whatever time I'm going to sleep. And also what routines mentally and physically will I have uh, as I uh, prepare myself uh, for a good night's sleep. Those are all uh, tasks that lead to the goals. And as we look back, you can see... Uh, how how focused were you on your primary arena? And again, uh, it'll not only knock your discipline off uh, if you're disturbed by some outside influence, uh, but it also shakes up your concentration. That's the ability to focus energy, mentally and physical energy, on the task at hand. That's being present. Uh, that's paying attention to detail. That's having a lot of quality in everything that you do. How was your concentration last year? Some of us had great 
Q1 or you had an amazing second quarter or maybe you rocked it for the third quarter. You have to look at the quarter after your best quarter. Uh, Lions don't hunt when the belly's full. So did you have a full belly? Did you, like the one company that reached the annual goal already in August, uh, you can go back and see their September, October, November, and now their December. Uh, did they retool that goal? And, and did they up it? And, and, and the answer is this particular company did that. Uh, you're only as great as the month after greatness, the quarter after greatness, the performance after greatness, the week after greatness, the day after greatness. Next, that needs to be the ba- uh, battle cry of all the Zoniac performers. Keep moving. Next, optimism. How was your optimism during the year? And, it, and if it fluctuated, boy, what were the things that really got me to be a little doubtful or a little pessimistic or what gave me that lack of confidence? Was it bad news? Was it you didn't land the, the big deal in July that you spent maybe 90 or 120 days working on? Uh, did, did that set you back? And then the other thing is your self-esteem, which is under the umbrella of optimism. That's what you think other people think about you. Did that matter this year in 2018? Did you worry more about what other people think? Were you more concerned about how other people perceived you? Um, Well, if that's the case, we need to work on that uh, as we get ready for 2019 uh, because that'll be like an albatross around your neck. That'll hold you back if you really care too much about what other people think. And then how was your relaxation? Did you manage that? Were you angry? Was it good anger that motivated you? Or was it bad anger that uh, was uh, placed on you and it upset you and it caused you to do harm to you by maybe drinking too much or uh, uh, having apathy and, and not really caring? How did that anger play out? And is that something you need to, to work on, being angry? Did you get angry driving downtown Chicago? I, I, can, I can understand the challenges. I, I was there yesterday, and uh, there's supposedly 65,000 more cars in downtown Chicago. Thank you, Uber and Lyft. But the traffic is ferocious. There's no question. Do you still get angry while you commute? Anger is never the first emotion. We talked about that last week. How's your bad anger management? And um, how's your relaxation? Did you worry? Did you have fear? Look back and reflect and make up your mind. I'm going to be relaxed in 2019. I'm going to be cool, especially when things don't go my way. And how's your enjoyment? Did you laugh every day? Did you smile every day? Did you have passion for your vision every day? And and as you just take a a perusal, and again, champions only go into the past for analysis, evaluation, and obvious learning. That's the only reason we're doing it right now. What have you learned about you that you can flip in the positive to carry forward into a great 2019? How was your score level? What external or internal stimuli from third parties had an impact on your score level? This is unique to you. It's your score level. Seth, this belongs to you. You got to own it. You got to own your discipline. You got to own your focus. You got to own your optimism, confidence, uh, pride, self-esteem. You got to own your ability to not worry and and uh, be able to combat any fearful thoughts you have. And you got to own your enjoyment level. Smiling. How did you do? Understand what happened. See if what happened with your score level. See if that had anything to do with your goal achievement. And then you got to ask yourself, were my goals too high or were they too low? What can I do differently? 
as we get ready to flesh out our blueprint for the greatest year ever, what are the carry forwards from this learning, this evaluation, this analysis? And I know just talking about it right now, you're, you're going to have to pull off to the side of the road. You're going to have to carve out some time to get alone to really ponder what can I take away? What have I learned in helping me be my genuine, authentic best self for 2019? Can you be a better friend? Are you the best spouse you can be? Do you have compassion? Do you have understanding? How about when expectations don't turn out the way you want? How do you handle that? Was that a positive? Did you handle that well? I think that's one of the biggest challenge of most competitors. When uh, expectations don't meet reality, that's where the rubber meets the road and being the best that you can be. Because if you're climbing a really high peak of achievement, uh, that's probably abnormal. It's not how you've been thinking. And, and we know from this show that if you've got abnormal visions or abnormal goals, you've got to think in an abnormal way. You can't think like everybody else or you're going to be like everybody else and achieve what everybody else achieves. This show is about achievement, but it's not just racking up cash and and uh, houses and material things. It's about human achievement of being your best, being disciplined when there's chaos around you, being focused with blinders on when you're walking a gauntlet of distractions, being confident when there's naysayers and critics all around you telling you why you can't do something. And it's being cool like a A calm like a palm tree in a hurricane, absorbing negativity when there's fear and possible fear uh, items that are around you that would cause the normal person to be fearful. How's your relaxation during these moments of truth when we're all challenged? And how's your enjoyment? And that, you know, that's one of the things you'll you'll see from a real true zoniac. They got a smile on their face. At first 30 seconds, they're, they're, when you see them, they make you feel good. You, you almost hop a ride on their zone mindset. It's tough to be down uh, when that person is always up. Is that you? Are you that person? Do you brighten a dark room? Uh, do you uh, pull the flashlight to showcase a pathway when everyone else is in darkness? Are, are you the one that is the beacon of hope? Uh, that's a Zoniac. So I'm excited about this time of year. It's one of my favorite times of year. It's a transition. It's a transition from one year uh, to the next. And man, it, is summer over? I mean, I, did, I was just saying <laughs> that. The, the other thing is, this year went by fast. I, how about you, Seth? Quick? Oh, so I mean, so, Yeah, so I, quick. So many life changes. Uh, it went by quickly. And, and really... At some point, you're going to wake up and say, you know, I'm going to slow life down. Slow it down. What's the rush? We all know the end. (laughs) The end is final. Slow life down. Slow the game down if you're an athlete. Slow your business down if you're a business leader. Slow down your family with everybody chasing their goals all under one roof and all totally different. It's pretty amazing you have three kids, and it's hard to understand how they all came out of the same womb. They're all different, and they all have their different needs, and and, uh, uh, that's why families, large families, can be chaotic. Uh, But can you slow that down, and and can you uh, uh, shuffle through that chaos and – have that purposeful calm. And, and last, do you know the zone? Can you put it on like an overcoat? It's a real physical and mental phenomenon that's in all of us, and it was passed on to us from our parents through DNA. A purposeful, calm feeling that nothing can go wrong. And the, the mind is 
taut, T-A-U-T, like pulling a rope from two ends. And, and it's really pulled taut. And it's locked in on what you're doing. But the body, the body's a slave to the mastermind. It looks like it's not trying. It looks effortless. You're breathing six to eight breaths a minute, definitely under 10, as opposed to the average person into the 14, 15, 16 breaths, or the person that's a little anxious and maybe borderline panic, who's well over 20 breaths a minute. Are you a zoniac? You can say it. You can talk it. You can nod. Yeah, I'm a zoniac. But zoniacs live it. It's an everyday deal. It's You can't just turn it on and off like a water faucet. Yeah, I've got a big meeting. I'm going to get in the zone. That's not how it works. Yeah, I'm the Super Bowl. I'm going to play great. That's not how it works. Being in the zone is a daily deal. It's a daily thing. And when you're in that purposeful calm over and over, now it's easy to put it on when the stress is increased. In fact, that stress of a Super Bowl, that'll help you go to an even higher level of a zone state. So hopefully we've learned a lot, not just about the zone, not just about the score system. More importantly, you've learned a lot about you. This is all about looking in the mirror and knowing who you are and knowing why do I do what I do and knowing what needs to be changed to make a better you, which is going to help you be a better person in each of these arenas, a better brother, a better dad or mom, a better co-worker, a better leader, better with myself. I've coached so many people that were at the pinnacle of success, and they looked at themselves and thought, I don't treat me great. I put me last. I don't get enough sleep. I don't eat well and put high-octane fuel into this Ferrari body that I believe that I have. So what I, why would I put regular fuel into a Ferrari? That makes no sense. So if you're a Ferrari, you should be having high-test good food, food that helps you. So are you your own best friend? So I'm excited. Uh, we've got a great guest today. Uh, Cincinnati Reds player, uh, professional athlete, obviously, uh, one of my clients. He's volunteered to be on our last show of the year, and uh, he, he's a new client, and he's new to the score system, and uh, we're going to talk a little about about him and about 2019 and what he's already learned, and I, I'm really looking forward to uh, bringing uh, Scott uh, Shebler onto the air. Yeah, he had a fascinating story. You know, he gets called up to the uh, MLB. We're going to have to talk to him about this. He gets to the Major League Baseball for one day, gets sent back down. He got a <laughs> bummer, scorebreaker. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Oh, well, obviously not because he's back and uh, really looking forward to a pretty amazing year. So we're going to talk about his 2019 plans. Let's bring on Scott Shebler. Hey, welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. Hey, how we doing? Good to good to be on here this morning. So I'm excited. Hey, good morning, uh, Scott. Uh, we're going to talk about one of your favorite subjects. Uh, hopefully, right. ho- hopefully, hopefully, it's you. We're going to talk <laughs> about you, but but really, I know one of your favorite new subjects is uh, being in the zone, uh, playing uh, peak performance. And uh, this is the last show of 2018, and we're honored to have you on our final. 2018 uh, show as we transition to 2019, and um, I know that you and I have been preparing for the, uh, the greatest year you've ever had in your life, as of, as uh, every one of our listeners are doing the same, to have their greatest year they've ever had. Um, I'm not sure if you remember the very first conversation that you and I had uh, we were introduced uh, to each other uh, through a good friend of mine and your baseball agent, Jim McDowell. So shout out to, mm-hmm. to Jim. But the very first thing that I said is, you're more than a baseball player. Uh, and when I said that, what resonated? I don't know if you thought that that's what we'd be talking about on our first uh, uh, conversation, getting you ready for a great 2019. But what were your thoughts on that initially? 
Yeah, um, I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, I, I have listened to the podcast, so I've heard you say that um, in your guys' podcast before. But, you know, obviously, um, I thought we were talking, we'd be talking strictly visualization, something in the realm of baseball only, performance only. Um, but literally, the first thing you did say to me is you are more than a baseball player, which is nice to hear because um, I, I, I do have a lot of other arenas in my life that, uh, you know, are a big part of my life. And I, I need to be able to compartmentalize uh, those and, and for you to help with every arena in my life is uh is a big help. So that was, yeah, that was the first thing you said to me is I am more than a baseball player. And I truly believe I am more than a baseball player. You know, most people listening have not played professional sports and very few probably have played professional baseball. Uh, to me, it's the hardest sport trying to hit a round ball with a round bat. Uh, that's one mm-hmm. challenge. And especially when a guy's, uh, you know, six, 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 seven, he's on a hill uh, and he's throwing it uh, 100 miles an hour, and uh, uh, he's probably the fifth guy on the team that can uh, reach uh, 100 miles an hour. Uh, everybody can bring it. But it's a very difficult sport, but I think the real challenge of your sport, it's so long. I mean, it's 162 yeah. games, throw in spring training, throw in uh, postseason, you know, if you're blessed to, to make it with the team. You could be up to 200 games. That's when you really have to uh, segregate all your arenas of your life and contain them. And then when you leave baseball, you, you got to get back to being a you know a boyfriend, a, a son, a brother, and um, that is the challenge. Talk to me about that baseball grind when uh, the day off you're traveling to Seattle. There, there's your day off. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an extremely grueling um, schedule. It's it's every night, and like you said, even our off days aren't off days. We're usually traveling to the West Coast from the East Coast on our off days, and it is it's it's extremely grueling, uh, more mentally than physically. Obviously, physically it can be taxing as well with all the time zone change and travel. But the mental part of the game is by far the hardest part to maintain um, throughout a long season because they're. There are little things that, that uh, you know, little nicks that bring in doubt. And once doubt creeps in, um, that that's never that's never a good thing. And like like we've talked about um, with the subconscious, you let the doubt creep in, and you know your subconscious grabs onto that. And uh, so it's 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 finding a a, a way to stay positive as much as possible. And uh, like like we always talk about um, hitting hitting a daily hitting a daily goal. So, um, but it is, it's, it's extremely grueling throughout uh, 162 games. And if you're blessed to go to the playoffs, then, you know, then, then the real fun starts. And, and then the other thing is that even though it's a team sport, uh, you know, you, you have to compete with, uh, other players and, and then there's the minor leagues. Everybody's trying to, uh, push starters out of the starting role so they can get their little, uh, their moments or years of glory. So there's constant competition. What happens mentally when, and I know you had some injuries, uh, that have really, uh, put a wrench in uh, otherwise a very good season. But when you have an injury, there's this feeling, uh, you know, unless you've got a 10-year contract guaranteed, there's a, I got to get back on the field quickly. And there's sometimes, you know, guys come back too soon and then get re-injured. So tell me a little bit about the injury. I know you had some injuries. You play uh, with wild abandon in the outfield. You run into a few things. And uh, (laughs) years ago, I told somebody, wouldn't it be fun if we put a tree in center field? Or, you know, let's (laughs) make this game. Yeah, a couple of (laughs) obstacles, a couple of little undulations, and uh, maybe a a pit or something. (laughs) Like the hill hill that they took out in Houston. That used to be there. I'm sure that used to be Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But uh, with, with it flat and everybody knowing the terrain, it still can be dangerous. Tell me about recovering from an injury and, and you're doing your best to get back onto the field. How does that weigh yeah, on your uh, mind? It's, it's huge. It's, it's a big weight. Um, like, like not only are you in competition with um, other teams and, and other players on other teams, you're in competition with, with people in your own system. So um, especially, if, like you said, if you don't have a big contract, you're, you're not doing much for the team if you're hurt. So 
that that mentally weighs on you. And uh, unfortunately, I've, I've had a couple of shoulder injuries the last couple of years, uh, both in the outfield, one running into a wall and one diving um, that have really, really uh, hampered my ability to perform. But at the same time, I, I, I haven't handled them probably how I should have. I probably should have taken my time to get back. But there is that sense of urgency where you're like, man, if, if what if what if somebody comes up and and takes your job while while you're hurt, that's that's no fun. Um, so there is there is a, a sense of urgency um, to to get back on the field, and sometimes that's not always the best option. Sometimes getting 100% healthy is the best option. Um, but I've I have learned my lessons with those, and hopefully moving forward, I don't have to deal with injuries ever again. But if it does, I, I definitely have. Uh, I have a better remedy to, to offset that. And, you know, I'm not one to dwell on, on injury, uh, you know, especially as you and I are getting to know each other, getting ready for 2019. But uh, we did talk in one of our first meetings about super healing and how mm-hmm. the mind plays into that, where the trainers believe, the doctors believe it'll take X amount of days, but with super healing and some of the techniques uh, of visualization, symbolic visualization or symbolic imagery, uh, you can fast track that without uh, making it dangerous and coming back too soon. We did go into that quite a bit, Uh, especially as soon as you're injured, that's when the healing begins. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. Uh, well, you ran me through. I, I had a, uh, I slept wrong on my neck one time, and on the over the phone, you ran me through a, a, uh, a visualization for my neck, and uh, it's something that you said to do every day um, until it's better, and and it did help. It definitely did help. Uh, but yeah, super healing is definitely real. There's definitely a lot of merit to it. Yeah, the mind uh, can really drag the body a uh, pretty long way when the body says quit, and the, uh, that's when the subconscious says, uh, no, we're, we're good, let's keep going. And mm-hmm. uh, So 2019, I know the first thing that, that we did also in those first couple of, of, of meetings, we set some goals, and, and I, I was pushing them, and you were pushing them, and we set goals, and, and, and I, I don't want to share these goals with the audience. I mean, these are private and some of them are a stretch, definitely. But mm-hmm. we set goals hitting. Mm-hmm. We set goals for uh, stealing bases. Uh, you, you have uh, incredible speed and quickness, and that's an asset. And and uh, you wanted to exploit and leverage that. And then we also talked about uh, defense, patrolling the outfield, and uh, uh, being the best that you could be at, at that position. Uh we're on a track right now of three parts of your baseball game. Um, is that new? Uh, working on uh, the running game as much as we're doing, uh, talking about defense. Um, have you prepared this much? Um, and here it is. It's not even January. Um, I Defensively, um, I have always taken pride in my defense, but – um, stealing bases is definitely new on my list and understanding the mechanics of it and, and the mindset you have to have to, to, to be a successful base stealer. And that's obviously something, the first thing we did was, um, we looked at the best base dealer and we broke down his film, which was, which was awesome. Cause I had no idea that that was how it was done. I was taught a totally separate way. Um, so we broke down that film and then, and then we started visualizing how we wanted to do it. And now we're in the stages of, of actually practicing it and, and filming it and fine tuning it, which is, which is really cool. Cause I've never spent that much time doing that. Um, and as far as, uh, hitting, I haven't picked up a bat, but I feel, I feel like when I do pick up a bat, I'll, I'll be ready because I've, I've already taken a ton of visual hacks, which is, which is awesome. I, I feel like I've faced a bunch of pitchers already, even though I, really haven't picked up a bat yet this year. So um, I'm definitely ahead of where I normally am um, this time of year. And then obviously we've talked about the other arenas in your life and and having visions and goals. We've got an online uh, program. It's private. We ha- That's not for public consumption, but the Champions Club. And uh, what was it like when you saw your life on one page? There it is. There, wow, there's my life. What was it like when, when you saw it 
uh, like that and know that you were creating it and building the best possible life? Yeah, uh, my first experience with the Champions Club was it was it, it seemed like it would be a lot when I when I first looked at it, but it honestly made life a lot less complicated. I had every arena that was important to me up on a board and I could, I could think about that arena by itself without, without looking into the future with another arena. I, I specifically looked at that arena and my, what's my score level in that arena. Okay. It's good. All right, let's move on to the next one. So it just, it uncluttered my life, which was great. So, um, instead of having this anxiety about, Oh man, I have this, I have this going on, this, this, it just, it really uncluttered my life, which is, which is good. Um, uh, obviously that's what, that's what people want to do. And, uh, if there ever is an arena that's lacking, I can, I can go into there and I can be like, okay, I need to set different goals or I need to, I need to do something different to get my score level in that arena up. And, but that's the cool thing is it is concentrated, uh, focus on that arena instead of having all arenas be one, which is really cool. Hey Scott, if we can rewind a little bit here when we talk about the score system. Mm-hmm. So, is it correct? You were actually a five-sport high school athlete? Uh, I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure how that works. I'd actually never heard of somebody. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's I, a letter was, jacket a that's got to be a trench coat. That's a <laughs> trench coat uh, letter jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Iowa, Iowa's a little different. We, uh, we play summer baseball in Iowa, so it allows you to do a lot more in the spring. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so yeah. you were you were a year round, you know. Just a real quick yeah. overview of your pro career. You like almost everybody that makes it to the big leagues. Like you had several stops along the way: Michigan, Utah, Arizona. Before you get up to the Dodgers, and then I'm, mm-hmm. I think they gave you about enough time to maybe find your locker before you wound up getting traded. There's a lot of <laughs> uh, you know <clears throat> positive and uh, and and not so easy stress in there, right? So, what have you learned about dealing with stress through all that? Uh, specifically with the score system, like w- how did you approach it before and how do you change it now? Cause that's just a lot to deal with. It is, it is, it is a lot to deal with. Um, I think, I think where I've grown the most is I can really only control myself. I can't control what the teams are going to do, um, how they're going to do it. Cause it, it is a business. And when I first got called up with the Dodgers, um, you know, I thought I was going to be there for the long haul and I was there a day and got sent down. So, um, through the process of the minor leagues, uh, I've definitely learned that I can control me and that I can control how I react to things. And that's, that's all that's in my control, especially in this industry. Um, so I learned that really early on. Um, and that, and you know, you can still get, you can still get angry with certain things that, that happen, but you need to let it go. You got to let it go as, as soon as possible. Next is, is what we talk about all the time. And, and it's just like that. You've got you to gotta move on. Um, you really control if you can control yourself and, and how you deal with it then then you're more you're more than ready for the next opportunity 2018 New Year's Eve there's going to be it could be a hundred thousand there could be a million zoniacs around the world <clears throat> that are going to visualize the greatest year they've ever had in their lives and um if you're listening right now, you, you need to join us. Uh, Scott is definitely going to be one of those on New Year's Eve, seeing his greatest year in his life, uh, more than a baseball player. And, um, uh, Scott, you, you in getting prepared, one of the things you've already done is you've gone back to Cincinnati. You've had the mm-hmm. uh, meet and greet with uh, the Cincinnati fans, Southern Ohio, Northern Kentucky. Um <clears throat> Anything you want to tell the fans? Uh, Cincinnati's had a rough row. I, I grew up a Cincinnati Reds fan. Uh, my favorite player was Gus Bell. So I'm fired up because uh, his grandson, uh, David Bell, is now your manager. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. And um, so what would you say to the fans of Southern Ohio, the Queenslanders? Yeah, um, it's an exciting time. Um, I've been to three Reds fret or Reds Fest and, uh, this year was different. It had a different, uh, had a different vibe to it, had a different energy. And I, I truly believe that's because, uh, David Bell has come in with a, a whole new coaching staff and, uh, he, he's kind of revitalized the city and, and, and us as players, um, offensively we've been good. And, and, uh, I mean, I know our GM and, and our owner want to go out and get some pitching. We've already, we've already grabbed a couple guys and, 
I just think the whole energy is, is different right now. And it has nothing to do with our old coaching staff. Um, but it's just, it's just brought a different energy. And this Reds Fest was, you could feel that there was a different presence um, at the helm. And, and I think the fans, the fans can see that and they feel that, that we're kind of turning the tide. So it's an exciting time to be a Reds fan for sure. Uh, if the Cleveland Browns football can turn it around, uh, 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 then everything is possible. Uh, there's nothing uh, that would be more fun for the Jim Fannin show to see you in the World Series uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. That would be absolutely awesome. I, I'm excited for uh, uh, this year coming up, and uh, you've had some great visualizations. Um, is there any one visualization um, – that keeps coming back in mind, or have you been pretty judicious of uh, spreading your visualizations, uh, your conscious visualizations around? Or is there any one thing that uh, you keep seeing more more than ever? Yeah, um, I would say uh, just in general, um, hitting. Obviously, hitting is a big part of our sport. I, I I try to visualize hitting every time every. Every time before I go to bed, the thirty minutes before the bed—that's that's another thing I kind of wanted to hit on. That's that's been so so life changing for me so far with talking to you. Is um, I, I used to be a guy that would would have a lot of thoughts at night, um, right before bed, and I would go to bed and I would wake up and I'd have these thoughts. And I had I had I didn't have trouble sleeping, but I didn't definitely didn't get my best rest. And then we talked that one time about why not utilize sleep? Why don't you look at it in a different way that it's helping you? become a better player, become a better person and, and all that. And I thought that was really cool. That, that conversation we had about allowing sleep to make you better because of the visualization before bed. And then you replay it over and over again. I thought that, that was a, that was a big step for me was, was looking at sleeping as such a positive thing instead of, Oh man, I got to go to bed. I wonder what I'm going to think tonight or what am I going to, what kind of thoughts am I going to have tonight that's going to wake me up? Um, I thought that was that was really cool, that conversation we had. The, the score system um, is simple. Uh, after you go through it, doesn't take, it, it can seem complicated initially, and life is complicated. But the whole point is to think 30 40% less. And that becomes easier once you have a blueprint mapped out, which is the whole point of this show is – uh, to get everybody to solidify your blueprint, see it as if it's so, see it as it will be. Have you thought less uh, since we've been working together as opposed to overthinking? How's that going for you? Yeah, um, I definitely have. I've been aware that I, I haven't had as many thoughts. I'm, I'm more engaged with, uh, with, with my workouts, with my um, just like that one day when when uh, when you texted me when I was working out, I said, "Hey, I'm working out. I'll call you." you said, "Never, never text me again when you're working out. You shouldn't be looking <laughs> at the phone when you're working out." You know, like and I was like, "Oh, I got in trouble." Kind of, you know, kind of funny. But, you were uh, you were in the penalty that, box. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, "Uh oh, all right." I thought I was doing something nice, like texting back, like, "Hey, you know, I'm working out." Uh, I got 25 minutes left, and you're like, "Don't ever text me again when you're working out." I'm like, "Oh gosh, oh no." Um, <laughs> So that was kind of funny, but yeah, I've learned that, that, um, in order to be in the zone, you have to be able to get in it more often. So the more you're in it, the more you're able to get in it, which is what we've talked about. And, uh, yeah, that, that's been a, that's been a a thing for me is, is no phone in the workout, no phone when I eat dinner at night with my family, that, that kind of stuff. And that's allowed me to not think into the future, think into the past, um, but be present. Scott, we're so glad to have you on the show. We'd love to have you back sometime during 2019 from the road or from Cincinnati. And uh, I I know that uh, uh, the listeners on this show are going to be following Scott Shevler's Cincinnati Reds uh, career, uh, helping you uh, with some positive vibes and and, uh, positive energy for 2019. I love Scott Shevler. This guy has really taken the bull by the horns and has spent an inordinate amount of time to be his genuine, authentic best person. And uh, he's really taken this uh, like a duck to water. And uh, I'm looking forward to his results. I'm looking forward to 2019, the rest of his career. 
but as we talked about on the show, he's so much more than a Cincinnati Red. He's so much more than a professional baseball player. And uh, again, thank you, Scott, for being on our last show of 2018. Now, it's New Year's Eve. You've carved out some time to be alone, not with family and friends, not at your New Year's Eve party, whether it's intimate and small at your home or you're out in a tuxedo watching the ball drop to 12 midnight. You need to get alone. Unhinge your jaw, lower your breathing, take long inhale, long exhale, be present, and now visualize by projecting yourself exactly one year from this New Year's Eve. It is now 1231, 2019, and you have a smile on your face, and if you Drank a little champagne. You, well, you've got a Tiffany flute glass filled with Dom Perignon. And you're about ready to celebrate the greatest year you've ever had in your life. And if you don't indulge in the bubbly, you're raising that glass symbolically. And it can be filled with apple juice. It doesn't matter. But you're celebrating in advance. This is the B to A principle And now you're focused on your primary arena. What have you accomplished? What would cause you to celebrate? What three things have you done in these 365 days, these 12 months, these four quarters? What have you done to exceed or at least reach that vision that you set one year earlier? And whatever that is, Whatever that vision is that you've accomplished and whatever those goals that you had as stepping stones, that becomes the mother of all your actions. So on January 1, you wake up and we begin the trek. You've already illuminated the pathway. You've seen it to fruition in your mind. What have you done in December 2019? What have you done in the fourth quarter? What have you accomplished in Q3? What have you accomplished in Q2, the second quarter of the year? And what have you accomplished in the first quarter, January, February, March of 2019? These are little milestones. These are major stepping stones for your primary uh, arena. And now that illuminates a pathway. It goes from January 1, and it is illuminated like a, like a runway at O'Hare Airport at night, all the way to the finish line. And now you need to become that person who is elated about lifting that glass of champagne, celebrating the greatest year possible. You need to be that person January 1. And walk it every day as if it's so, as it will be. One step at a time. One performance at a time. One day at a time. One week at a time. One month at a time. One quarter at a time. One look in the eye at a time. Of you being your genuine, authentic best self. Will you have challenges in 2019? I hope so. I hope they're formidable. That means you've had a lofty vision. That means you've looked up and said, I'm going to Mount Everest of my career. I'm going there and I'll go there alone. Yes, I know I need people to help me. I know there may be a Sherpa or two that's going to guide me. I know that. I know there may be a few people that are going to carry some part of this load on the way up. But you're also going to go through a sheer cliff of scrutiny. It's going to happen. And that's where the challenges are. When people see you naked on that cliff, hand over hand through the cracks and crannies of that scaled wall, straight up and straight down, to get to the pinnacle. Yes, you will have challenges. And if you have lofty visions, 
you're going to have a lot of them because life is full of competition. It's full of unknowns. And the one thing I've realized, it's full of changes and they can happen with a blink of an eye. I could be in a great mood, in the zone, and I can get a text and it can rip that zone right out of my skull. I can be in the best mood possible. And I'm locked out. I'm getting ready to give a major, major presentation. 5,000 in the audience. And then I spill something on my shirt or my tie, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Maybe it seems like a small deal, but I'm going out there with that big stain on my shirt in front of 5,000. Has that happened? It has happened. (laughs) I've conjured up that old memory. But, you know, next, next. That's my battle cry. And when you have a challenge this year, after you've fleshed out your blueprint, own it. Own whatever happens. Be decisive. Listen to your intuition. That's real-time information that conscious minds don't possess. Yeah, I'm uh, excited that 2018's over. I'm excited about the lessons that, that have been learned, but I'm fired up about 2019. I'm ready to rock and roll. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Let's celebrate not only the past and what we've learned from it, let's celebrate our blueprint of what we're going to manifest. And my last thought for this year, give. Give. Give a little bit to help someone else's self-discipline. Give a little bit to foster someone else's concentration. Give a compliment. Give a hug. Give a thumbs up to help bolster someone else's optimism. Give a calm soothing, pacifying voice if that person needs a bolstering of relaxation. Calm them down. But if they need some enthusiasm, if they need some passion, if they need to get fired up, then be the eye of the tiger for that person. Give. Help everyone around you improve their score level read their score level, be in tune with their score level. And obviously, that's going to be so much easier if you're in tune with your own. Let's, let's have our greatest year ever. Let's look forward to being our genuine, authentic best. Happy New Year, Seth. And I want to say one thing about you. It's been a pleasure to be with you this year. Uh, we've had a good time. We've had some focused times. Uh, We've shared a lot of positive zone stories, and uh, I'm very happy for you. You've got a bundle of joy that's new, and uh, you're going to celebrate your first New Year's Eve with your daughter and uh, and obviously your wife, and that's exciting. So uh, happy New Year, Seth. Hey, thank you. And uh, you know what? It's both changed me and been such a privilege to be a part of this. And then, you know, just if we can go out by also saying... Everybody who's joined us this year, it came in from all different kinds of places. And, uh, I mean, I'm honored to be able to get to help you find out about this core system. Yeah, we've got a lot of feedback uh, in our mailbag, and uh, that's been exciting. Happy New Year, everybody. Be in the zone. Let's have our greatest year ever. Happy New Year. Need more help getting to the zone or want to check out some of Jim's books? Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Fannin or visit jimfannin.com for more incredible tips to help you become your best, most authentic self. This has been the Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. This is a Rush the Field quick fix on Radio Influence. Alabama has suspended three players just for the Orange Bowl game. No word yet on what's going to happen if they should make it to the national championship game. One of the players suspended is starting offensive lineman Deontay Brown. The other is reserve Elliot Baker, who's an offensive lineman, and Kendrick James, a tight end. Nick Saban uh, said in a statement, quote, it is due to a violation of team rules and policies. Are, are we talking about something like breaking curfew or something a little more more serious for these players uh it could be could be either um 
Don't know. Uh, obviously, that's a vague way of, of putting it, and um, that's why it's done that way. Uh, it could be, and this happens more often than not. Why? Um, the semester's out. out. The school yeah. semester's out. You're practicing, got a little bit more time, a little bit more time off. They tend to kind of Christmas partying to, you know, you, you know, just the normal things that people do. Um, and just, you know, I'm not I'm not extenuating what happens, but, you know, I hear statistics that, you know, DUIs go up in society on holiday time because more people go to Christmas parties and get behind the wheel with a little too much in them. You know, I, I don't know what happened here and um, may, we may not know the full details, but. Uh, it does appear it will likely be for one game, although, as you mentioned, nothing definite on that. Um, but it is uh, it is it is something obviously involving uh, off the field issues that violated a team rule. And, and they left it at that. Rush the field with Scott Seidenberg and Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play and RadioInfluence.com.